0: This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. No one better than ESPN senior NBA insider than Adrian Wojnarowski, who is nice enough to uh, give us a few minutes on this Thursday evening. Woj, welcome in.
1: Gordon, uh, thanks for having me. Good to be with you, as always.
0: Well, look, uh, let's get right into it. As exciting as the playoffs have been, I feel like the last time we talked, we were talking about playoffs and injuries, and it's been a major issue for a second year in a row. How serious is a a, a concern is the injury issue for the league?
1: Well, I mean, you know, obviously it's a concern. You need your best players on the court to have the best product, and it's important for – you know, at a competitive level, it's important for television, all of those things. I don't know that there's a solution. I think there's already a criticism of the league that uh, players are not available enough and that there is too much um, limit. There are too many limitations on players in terms of games played and minutes and, and all the things you would do to try to protect against injury. I mean, look, you got to, a Clipper team in the West that probably would have been the favorite in the West or certainly think shoulder to shoulder with Phoenix, if they have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and certainly you didn't have Kawhi all year, but what do you do about it? I mean, Kawhi Leonard obviously had, you know, a season ending, uh, a, a injury that kept him out the whole season. And 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 they're trying to have both of those guys back for next year. Job Morant, obviously now uh, out for the foreseeable future and, and Chris Middleton who I think people haven't maybe talked enough about in Milwaukee uh, is certainly one of their big three who's been out now uh, for most of the playoffs and and there's still some hope that they can get him back uh, they're up three-2 they've got a little bit of a cushion now in in that series against Boston but the hope had been that they could get him back for a conference final if not even sooner uh, depending on how this this series plays out
0: Has the league been – I forget about even a solution. Has the league been able to identify why it feels like these injuries are happening at a more uh, increased rate?
1: I don't know if the rate is increased, Gordon. I I don't know offhand the data on that. If there Hmm. are more injuries than we've seen. It's certainly a a part of the game. I mean, we can go back to, you know, Golden State and the Toronto – Finals. think of the injury in 2019 right think of the impact injuries had on those finals with clay thompson with kevin durant um and so uh you know golden state certainly was with without was, was without steph curry and and draymond green for for significant parts of the season uh, i think what it is showing though is the value it has and having the value there is and not just building your team around two or three contracts, um, players in their 30s where the, the case has always been made, you win with veteran players, and you do. But look what Memphis is doing, and, and their executive, uh, their, their GM, Zach Kleiman, was just named Executive of the Year in a vote today uh, that was released today. And they're without uh, John ja Morant. They almost win uh, – in Golden State come back and and win by a hundred last night in Memphis and now send (laughs) the series back to to Golden State because of the depth of their roster and how deep they can go. You know, Denver's another example of that. They lose uh, uh, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. basically for the whole season. Porter played nine games. And that was a team that uh, not only was in the playoffs, but uh, certainly um, was one of the better regular season teams in the league and it speaks to the job they they've done around. Obviously, they have the two-time MVP Nikola Jokic, but I, so I think when you see these teams as they roster build, uh, combination of certainly injuries and and no one typically can survive the loss of one of their best two players. I mean, you just you're not going to win a title that way. But I do think not putting all your money in the 30-something guys who have injuries who are not always available um, is uh, I, I think you're going to see teams just kind of reevaluating the evolution of, of, of team building. And you, know, you look at Philly and the pressure that's on them now with James Harden uh, in his early 30s now and having to come up on a contract extension for him. What do they do? And, and so uh, that's a guy who was always available. He always played. And you've seen uh, hamstring injuries and, and soft tissue injuries the last couple of years really starting to catch up with James Harden.
0: We're, talk, we're talking, of course, with Adrian Wojnarowski here, Gordon Damer, show 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Uh, two teams, Woj, that we thought were going to be still playing at this stage are really two of the more fascinating teams going into the offseason. That would be the Lakers, obviously, and then the Brooklyn Nets. Let's start with Brooklyn because Sean Marks had some very interesting comments yesterday about the the future of his team, the future of Kyrie Irving. He sounded... To an outsider, as pretty non-committal to Kyrie long term. What was your reaction to his comments?
1: That he's non-committal <laughs> to Kyrie <laughs> okay. long term. I, no, I, I don't mean to be. I don't mean to be cute with it. I think if you're the Nets right now, it doesn't do you any good to come out and make public proclamations about committing years and money and uh, uh, contracts to players. Last year at this time, or last year before the start of um, this season, when James Harden, Duran, and, and Kyrie were all eligible for extensions, they wanted all three of them to sign. And they wanted all three of them to sign long-term max deals. They were ready to pay what was going to be a massive luxury tax. That was the plan when they traded for Harden and brought him in. And now, listen, uh, they talked about it. They thought both players were going to do it. Neither did it. Uh, well, Kevin Durant did. He signed. And that was the most important one to them. And there's no question about that. He, he's, he's their franchise player. And so I think for the Nets, it's a conversation now. It's what does it look like? What does moving forward together look like? And I think that's and I think Sean Mark said it. That's going to come from conversation with Kyrie Irving and and his representative and and sitting down and talking about that. It's got to look different moving forward. That that what has happened here over the last few years um, is not sustainable. And so what does that mean? Is it the beginning of a negotiation is it to be is it is it kind of putting the gauntlet down a little bit? Uh, I think it was a message. You no, know, obviously, clearly a message to Kyrie, and I think it's I don't think it's anything different than they'll probably say to him. But I think it's got to be a message to everybody else in the organization, the other players, and and other players who might who the Nets would like to try to add. Like they, they're in position again; they've got to go with veteran minimum deals, and those players who come in on the veteran minimum you know, the good kind of veterans that you want to win with, they have lots of choices and you better make sure you've got an environment that players in the league are hearing good things about and want to be a part of. And so that's what the nets are also, I think, working on here is this has got to be a place guys want to play. And, and that starts certainly with the environment. It starts with the availability of players. It starts with the attitude of players. Um, It it, it certainly coaching is a big part of that. And, and, All of those things. So I think for the Nets right now, like they've got to hit a reset button on what this looks like. The good news for them is they have Kevin Durant signed long-term, and I think everything else builds off of that. That's certainly the most important element of of their team building. They do have that in place.
0: How much input does Durant have?
1: Oh, listen, he's got a lot of input, but listen, his his opinion – like the star player just about anywhere in the league, like you don't run a franchise with a player of that magnitude. And there aren't very many Kevin Durant's out there. We can argue he's, if he's not the best player in the league, he's in anybody's top three, however you want to, you know, slice it up. You're going to lean on that player and what he, what's important to him. But you may also at times counter back and say, Hey, here's okay. I hear what you're saying about that. I'm not talking specifically with KD. But in most organizations, here's what we're thinking, here's why, here's what it all looks like, here's how any one of these pieces fit into the bigger picture. Because if we do this, we can't do these other three things we need to do. You're always prioritizing. And so I think the good organizations are always having those conversations with players. And, see, Kevin Durant wants to win. And and certainly he came to Brooklyn to win championships. And I can't imagine that – Kevin Durant is a, is a very – smart individual he is a brilliant basketball mind he he sees and understands this game at a level few others ever will and I, I think he wants to win so I think he my sense is he's going to want to do the things and make the corrections within there that need to be made so that the Nets can have a team that can still be playing with the Milwaukee's and, and Boston's and, and Phillies Miami's at this time of year which is what they all expected when they put the team together
0: we're talking with Adrian Wojnarowski, Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. You know, just the feeling from the outside, Woj, is that obviously Durant and Irving came as a package deal together. But after the things that went on this past season, from the outside, for for callers and for fans, a lot of them bring up, like, how can Kevin Durant still be, you know, all in with, with, with Kyrie Irving? What is your sense of how tied KD is with Kyrie?
1: listen I think they have had a very close relationship for a long time I don't know that there's any that that's changed Uh, Kevin Durant would have to answer that question Uh, and I I don't know that I would want to answer that for him Um, but I listen they've been they talked about coming to play together they pulled it off they you know I think Kevin Durant perhaps more than Kyrie played a part in helping to convince James Harden that the Nets would be the right place for him and and then obviously Sean Marks executed that trade. Um, but again, uh, it'll be, I think organizationally, they've got to look at um, finding a way that it, it just, it, it what has gone on is not sustainable. So there's going to have to be changes. And I think Sean Marks was pretty, pretty candid in, in laying that out. Now, last year they weren't going to play Kyrie Irving. Um, As a part-time player, uh, they brought him back uh, unvaccinated, and he was able to play road games for the team until the the mandate was lifted that allowed allowed him to play full-time. And so I I think as an organization, they've got to figure out where they stand um, and then stay on that path. Um, I think that's the solution for them. And I think after last year, you know, I think there's a sense that that's the direction they're moving it.
0: We're talking with Adrian Wojnarowski, 98.7 FM. Uh, one more on the Nets. Um, to, can they even have a plan right now for Ben Simmons? And if they do, what would that plan look like?
1: Get him healthy. And I think the back, listen, it was a real ailment. It, it, the surgery was, was needed. There's a sense that it really alleviated some, some pain and stress in the back. And uh, that's what they've said. That's what I've been told. And it's going to be a summer of rehabbing it and getting him on the court, you know, at a time when you're not trying to bring him back in a high pressure situation late in the season, in the postseason, after having not played all year, it was never an ideal scenario to bring Ben Simmons into the team, but it's what it was. And, and they needed him to play. They got swept without him. But I think having the, the hope is that he's ready to go by training camp and then having the ability then to, Build a chemistry with the team. You know, how much playmaking is he going to do? How much point? How much is he going to play at the point? How do they, uh, at, at the forward position? How are they going to use him? Certainly, defensively, his rebounding, his playmaking and passing uh, is going to help them a great deal. And then whatever he gives them uh, in, in other ways offensively certainly is a bonus. But um, listen, because of the injury, I know people talk about would they move him again? Would they trade him again? Well, you can eliminate that from the conversation. And I think right now it doesn't make any sense. your the value for Ben Simmons would be probably lower than even it was for Philly because no one has seen him play. Now he's had surgery. So Brooklyn, their idea is to get him on the court, get him playing and see what they can make of this. They've got him under contract for a few years. And I think it's important to now um, build, you know, build back, this player who, you know, it's been a while, but this was an all NBA level player, a defensive player of the year, candidate, a rookie of the year. Uh, this is somebody who certainly um, at his best can help a winning team.
0: All right. So that's the Nets part of it. The Sixers part, uh, not exactly working out for them either. Uh, assuming that they don't win this series and really maybe even they do. What's James Harden's future look like in Philly?
1: Well, it's going to be a good question. He's got, he can opt into the last year on his deal. He can extend off that. He could become a free agent if he wanted to do that. Um, There's a lot of options. I think certainly they paid a steep price to bring him there. First round picks, obviously Simmons, Seth Curry, uh, were all certainly important assets. Um, You know, I think they're going to try to figure out a way to move forward together. Now, what does that look like contractually? Is that a, four or five year max contract? I don't know. But I think if you're Philly, you look at the market, what else would be out there for him? What does James Harden want to do? Does he like playing there? I mean he wanted to be there. And it's hard to imagine that James Harden can walk away again after wanting to be in Brooklyn and leaving and then want pushing for the Philly thing, getting that done. Is there somewhere else to go? There's always somewhere else to go. But I think mm-hmm. listen, I think the relationships there between Daryl Morey uh, James Harden and and again the assets they gave up and I think just getting him into an offseason where if it's the hamstring needs time to get better if he needs an offseason of conditioning if he has to take better care of himself in his 30s than he did than he had to in his 20s I think those are all going to be factors for him to be able to play at a high level uh into uh into his mid-30s I mean you look at what Chris Paul did physically he remade his body And what he's doing at 37 is remarkable. And it's an important part, especially at that guard position. Uh, He doesn't have to be the player he was. He's so smart. He's such an incredible point guard playmaker. And and James Harden's game was never built off of incredible speed explosion. He, He and Luka Doncic were much more alike in that way because they're physical, they're smart, they're incredibly skilled. And so I think for James Harden, there's a way for him still to be an elite player. Is he going to be an MVP again? No, but Joel Embiid's their MVP, and he's in his prime, and 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 Tyrese Maxey is coming fast as a really good young uh, uh, two guard in this league. So uh, I think there's an opportunity for them to figure this out in Philly, and I think having a normal off season, if they get eliminated here or somehow they come back and beat Miami, you know, you, you, last summer remember everything was a month shortened and it was a shorter off season. Now we're back on the normal NBA calendar, and I think for Harden, I think it's going to be a good opportunity for him to kind of take inventory on physically and, and see if there's a way to come back in better condition. He was injured last summer, couldn't work out as much. That did, that did impact the kind of shape he came in. You know, Let's see what he can do with this offseason and, and, and as they figure out the contract.
0: We're talking with Woj here on the uh, Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM. Uh, usually, I mean, we've talked for like 10 minutes, and I have not even mentioned the Knicks, and it's the offseason, Adrian. So that's, uh, that's progress. You know, Leon Rose, I think he deserves credit for not forcing the big move just for the sake of making one in his first two years, and other regimes with the Knicks have made that mistake. But on the other side, at some point, you have to make that kind of move. What do you think the odds are that the Knicks make a significant push for maybe not a superstar, but a top line headline type player this offseason?
1: I think the odds are one hundred percent that they'll make a significant push uh, to get it you know to get a front line top you know uh, a very good player an all star level player now whether they'll be able to pull it off that's unclear do they have the assets to go out and get a deal do they have willing partners out in the marketplace do you have teams who are looking to move um, to move those kind of players, and so you know that may all still yet play out, but I, I think they're playing all along. And listen, that was a big part of why Jim Dolan hired Leon Rose, were, were his the great relationships he has around the league, and, and 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 William Wesley in his front office, and their ability to go out and and um, get players either through trades or free agency. Now, this is not a team right now with. With great cap flexibility, you know, if they wanted to get involved with Jalen Brunson in free agency, they'd have to move some things around to be able to do that. Um, so, um, you know, but I do think trade-wise, <clears throat> excuse me, Gordon, <clears throat> they're going to try to get, be engaged, get involved. You know, they tried to get involved like last summer, uh, uh, Gordon Hayward. Mm-hmm. You know, perhaps not an All-Star level player still, but still a very good player when he's healthy, very good. And he had a great year in Charlotte till he got injured again. Um, you know, they tried to get him. They had some cap space to do something with him, maybe on a one-year deal. And he got much more security and uh, going to Charlotte and, and did that. So, um, you know, uh, I, listen, I think they're going to be aggressive. I think they're going to try. Um, we'll see what is available to them out there. Who can they get at? And and I think, listen, the kind of players they want, teams typically aren't dying to, to part with. And so you, you're kind of left there right now.
0: All right, Woj, one last one for you. Two coaches that get brought up a lot around here. One, Kenny Atkinson, the other, Mark Jackson. Uh, what do you think the uh, odds are that either ends up with a head coaching job this offseason?
1: Well, Mark Jackson uh, w- was, was close in the Sacramento job uh, pursuit, went, went to Mike Brown, obviously. Um, and, and he has interviewed for the Lakers. Their list is pretty expansive right now. Um, They've not really started to narrow it down. I think they're really going to take their time. Kenny Atkinson uh, interviewed in Charlotte this week, I'm told, uh, reported yesterday that he is going to interview with the Lakers. Um, you know, so certainly, again, there's only right now uh, the Lakers and Charlotte uh, among available openings. Obviously Sacramento filled their position. Uh, so, you know, both both coaches are actually – Know, in the mix and in both places. And, and I think, you know, both certainly in the right um, in the right scenario could be head coaches again. And, you know, Kenny Atkinson is, is had a really good impact with that golden state uh, organization. They've really enjoyed having him there. He's brought a little different dynamic uh, to their group that they've really liked. And uh, same in last year with the Clippers. And so, yeah, so we'll see how it plays out. I think Mike D and Tony, you talk about another former New York coach, Uh, he's very much in the conversation, very much in the process with the Charlotte Hornets, too.
0: Adrian, thanks, as always, for the time, and uh, enjoy the rest of the playoffs. You
1: got it, Gordon. Talk to you soon. Take care.
0: That is Adrian Wojnarowski, Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.